So, uh, welcome. I'm Jason Knott. I'm the pastor of First Dunedin, so uh, glad to see you all joining in with us today in this uh, just kind of unique uh, way to do church. Uh, but you know, it's interesting uh, because Christians haven't always had churches. Well, I mean, we've always had churches, but but we haven't always had buildings and halls and classrooms and physical places that we call our own, that we gather in, that, that actually uh, some of the earliest Christians, that, that they would gather in borrowed rooms. <laughs> they would gather in uh, caves. They would even, even gather in places like catacombs and preach and proclaim the good news of resurrection. And, and so today, um, you know, we're kind of like that early church that, that they were working with what they had and today we're working uh, with what we have. Uh, but, it's, but it's okay. And actually, I'm sort of excited about it because it's, it's forcing us uh, to be church in a new and a different way, using uh, technology to our advantage uh, to be the church in a new and a different way. Um, so, with all of the adaptive challenges that we have been faced with uh, throughout this week, it's really made me question, what does it mean for us to be church in a time like this? Because uh, throughout scripture, God calls God's people to be uh, holy, which means God calls the people to be set apart. That's what that word holy means. And so how can we be set apart at a time where we are literally supposed to be physically set apart from each other? And, and I don't think it's to mean that, that we are supposed to be like our own island, um, but instead, how is God calling us to be different, unique in the way that we love each other? in the way that we respond to the fear that is out there in the world, how can we be set apart and, and witness to our faith and witness to our God, who is our refuge and our strength? And so that's what um, I want to talk about uh, today. I'm, I'm going to talk about a passage of scripture that's really about being set apart and how God works in uh, the midst of all of that. Um, so, you know, all throughout scripture, God calls us into this intimate relationship with God, that it's not supposed to be something that's, that's casual or aloof or we kind of keep God at a distance. But how often, how often do we do that? <laughs> In this time of social distancing, maybe it's a time to reflect too of, of have, have we been distancing God? And you know, in a moment like this, where we gather for worship and, and we're inconvenienced. Uh, that's been a lot of the conversation uh, leading up to our decision to, to cancel church or suspend it in person. Is It feels inconvenient to us. But you know, there's so much more to our life of faith than gathering for an hour one day a week. And that if that's all that we have to go off of, we got to be so spiritually hungry, so spiritually thirsty. And so maybe this is also an opportunity for us to find some new ways to connect with God throughout the week outside of just Sunday morning worship. And it's great, and I, I'll, I miss you all being here in this room with me. But also, we need more. 
than just that. Anyways, I'm going to uh, read a passage of scripture uh, that comes from uh, the Gospel of John. Uh, so we've been in the Gospel of John throughout our, our message series. I, uh, I put my, my sermon for today kind of on hold uh, for now because uh, this kind of spoke to me. Uh, but I don't want to leave the Gospel of John entirely behind. So we're actually going to backtrack um, to a, a passage that we kind of skipped over last week. Um, so this is, uh, this is John. Uh, chapter 4, uh, beginning in verse 4. And, and I, would, I would encourage you, uh, if you have your Bible at home, uh, to open that up, to read along uh, with us, or open up a, a new tab in your uh, web browser, go to BibleGateway.com and search for John 4. I never thought I would say that in a church service before, but fun times. Uh, anyways, we're in John chapter 4. I'm going to begin with verse 4. This might be uh, somewhat of a familiar story. It says, Jesus had to go through Samaria. That's interesting that he had to go through Samaria on his travels. And he came to a Samaritan city called Sychar, which was near the land Jacob had given to his son, Joseph. Jacob's well was there. And Jesus was tired from his journey. So he sat down at the well. It was about noon. Now, just the first thing that just kind of stands out to me about this is um, Jesus gets tired <laughs> and he sits down to rest. And, and what's about to happen is just remarkable. But, but let's just pause here and acknowledge that Jesus got tired and he sat down to rest. And I'm sure for, for so many of you all, this week has been um, confusing. <laughs> it's been anxious. Uh, there's been a whole lot of questions and maybe your life seems just a little turned upside down and you're tired. I'd invite you to sit and rest with Jesus in this moment. It says Jesus sat down to rest and it was about noon. A Samaritan woman came to the well to draw water and Jesus said to her, give me some water to drink. His disciples had gone into the city to buy some food. And so the Samaritan woman asked him, why do you, a Jewish man, ask for something to drink from me, a Samaritan woman? Jews and Samaritans didn't associate with each other. Jesus responded, if you recognize God's gift and who is saying to you, give me some water to drink, you would be asking him and he would give you living water. The woman said to him, sir, you don't have a bucket <laughs> and the well is deep. Where would you get this living water? You aren't greater than our father Jacob, are you? And he gave this well to us and he drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks from the water that I will give will never be thirsty again. The water that I give will become in those who drink it a spring of water that bubbles up into eternal life. I love that. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I will never be thirsty and will never need to come here to draw water. Jesus said to her, Go get your husband and come back here. The woman replied, 
I don't have a husband. You are right to say, I don't have a husband, Jesus answered. You have, you have had five husbands, and the man you are with now isn't your husband. You have spoken the truth. The woman said, sir, I see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors once worshipped on this mountain, but you and your people say that it is necessary to worship in Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, believe me, woman, the time is coming when you and your people will worship the father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. And you and your people worship what you don't know. We worship what we do know because salvation is from the Jews. But the time is coming and is here when true worshipers will worship in spirit and in truth. The father looks for those who worship him this way. God is spirit, and it is necessary to worship God in spirit and truth. I, I just love that word for us today, that this exchange between Jesus and this woman. And Jesus says, look, it's not about worshiping on a mountain. It's not about worshiping in Jerusalem or in the temple. It's not about worshiping in a church. What really matters to the heart of God is that we worship in spirit and truth wherever we are. Verse 25, the woman said, I know that the Messiah is coming, the one who is called to be the Christ, and when he comes, he will teach everything to us. Jesus said to her, I am the one who speaks with you. Skip down a couple verses to verse 39. Many Samaritans in that city believed in Jesus because of the woman's word when she testified. He told me everything I have ever done. And so that might be um, somewhat of a familiar story, but, but I hope that you can also hear it maybe with, with fresh ears uh, today. <clears throat> so um, Jesus, and, and what I love about this story is um, thinking about it in, in light of all that's going on, uh, just the masses, massive amount of inconvenience uh, that is here in this story, that Jesus doesn't need uh, to be in Samaria. In fact, it's a place uh, where he shouldn't be. As a good Jew, you shouldn't associate uh, with these people, especially um, a woman who's come to a well in the middle of the day. But Jesus has taken his uh, disciples into enemy territory uh, because Jesus doesn't have any barriers. And that's good news for us. That, that Jesus just shows up sometimes in, in unexpected ways and in unexpected places. Maybe God is there with you in your living room here today. So anyways, uh, Jesus goes into Samaria, this town called Sychar. And when he gets there, uh, he sits down at the well. And he sits down there in the middle of the day. And he's waiting for this woman to show up. So he has purpose behind coming to this place at this time. And he's waiting for this woman in the middle of the day, which is a unique part of the story because you wouldn't expect anyone to show up at the well in the middle of the day. It's, it's just too hot out. But this woman is coming to the well in the middle of the day all by herself, something that women didn't do. And so I think that if we could borrow a, a phrase from today, it would be that this woman was self-quarantined. 
that she was mandated in a way to social distancing. And it wasn't because she was afraid of catching a virus. She was pushed to the outskirts of community and isolated, distanced from the rest of society, not because of a fear of catching a virus, but because the weight of her shame was just too much for her to bear and be in public. She only came out when no one else was around. But Jesus knows that this woman has a need. She needs something. And so uh, she goes to the well in the middle of the day because she's thirsty. And Jesus is there, and, and this is what it says. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me something to drink? He asks her now to be inconvenienced. And the woman says, Excuse me? <laughs> because I know that you're a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman, so why are you asking me? Jesus says back to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would give you that living water. Now, Jesus isn't talking about uh, the water that comes from this well. He's talking about living water. But she, she didn't quite catch that part just yet. Instead, she goes on and she says, but you don't have a bucket. <laughs> and it's deep here. But Jesus is trying to get her to understand that, that she's the bucket and that he is the living water. And so then he goes and he gives it to her as plain as he possibly can. Verse 13, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water that I will give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water bubbling up to eternal life. And so I think of, you know, everybody. Everybody has a need. Everybody thirsts. Everybody drinks from somewhere. We're, we're all thirsty. We're all seeking to have that thirst satisfied from somewhere. But it's a question of where we go. What, what well do we go to? What water do we go to uh, seeking to have our souls refreshed? Because if we're honest, sometimes we, we, we search out the well of money. <laughs> sometimes we, we want to drink from the well of success or power or beauty or whatever it might be. Everybody drinks from somewhere. But not everywhere leaves our souls satisfied. So the woman said to Jesus, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. Look, Jesus, if you've got free refills, let me know. Because I don't want to keep coming back here. I, I don't want to keep hiding in the heat of the day. I, I don't want to have to keep faking it. I don't want to have to keep uh, self-isolating and social distancing I don't want to stay thirsty, Jesus. I don't want to be isolated anymore. And, and she, in this moment, she at least recognizes her need, even though she may not recognize who Jesus is. Jesus says, 
I see you. And you're thirsty. Not just physically. But there's been so much that you've gone through in your life. And I can tell that you're not satisfied. And so Jesus speaks into the depths of her heart. She goes back to her village and tells everyone about how Jesus, this encounter with this strange man at a well in the middle of the day, has changed her. And because of her changed life, she changes the lives of her entire town. And so what strikes me about this passage is, is just the inconvenience of it all. That Jesus shouldn't be here, and yet he shows up. This woman feels like she can't be part of a regular community, and so she comes to the well at an inconvenient time. And it makes me think of how God shows up in moments that seem so inconvenient to us. I mean, these are inconvenient times. Worship, in-person worship is suspended right now. School is on an extended 24-day spring break. The parents are loving that, I'm sure. Maybe, maybe your work is uh, just turned upside down and you're trying to juggle schedules. I mean, we're at a toilet paper, for goodness sake. These are inconvenient times. But for those of us who feel inconvenient, inconvenienced, I, I hope that you hear this, that, that Christ still shows up, just like he did in this story. And so while we may feel inconvenienced by whatever it is, know that people's lives are at stake. While we might have the luxury of, of worshiping at home, remember that there's people who, who don't have a home right now. Oh, we might have some fear and anxiety of, of the stock market and, and wondering how our financial margins might begin to shrink. That's, that's real, and I understand that. But also, let's remember those people who have no margin to begin with. These are hard times. And so the question is, how can we still be Jesus' presence? How can we still be the love of God made real for a sick and hurting and thirsty world? Because Jesus meets this quarantined woman with the gift of simply his presence. That Jesus shows up to someone who's isolated, who's alone, who's afraid and ashamed. And essentially all that Jesus does to her is that he connects with her on a human level. But simply the gift of his presence does something profoundly spiritual in her life. That as the story goes on, that this, this changes her life. And her changed life changes the life of the entire community. And so the question that I've had rolling around in my mind throughout this week, and, and the question that I want to maybe trouble you with a little bit, the question that I think this scripture passage brings before us today is, is what if all this, all that's going on in our world, what if it's an opportunity to be present with each other in a new way? 
in a different way? What if, what if all of this, that we could see it as an opportunity to find a connection in a different way, but also maybe in a deeper way? That how can we give each other the gift of simply being with, being present with one another, even though we are apart from one another? That what if this is an opportunity to, to reach out to people who aren't able to get out? What if, what if we as a church said to those people who are, who are self-quarantined, hey, how can we help? That if we looked at our nonprofits like Dunedin Cares and said, hey, we know that, that you're under some stress, how can we help? How can we lend a helping hand to our community? How can we pray for you? How can we be Jesus for you? We know it's an inconvenient time. How can we show up? How can we be here? How can we be God's holy people set apart for such a time as this? Let me pray for us. Oh, great God. Lord, we give you thanks that we are able to come and worship you. And Lord, I give you thanks that you said that those living waters, they're not found in a physical place. (laughs) But Lord, that comes from your presence. And your presence is here with us everywhere. And so, God, we we ask that you continue to speak that into the depths of our hearts today. And Christ, continue to challenge us uh, to be your hands and your feet, to be your body given to this world. Holy Spirit, help us to be your church. Help us to reach out in love and care in maybe new and different ways but help us stay connected to each other and God help us, help us to stay connected to you. Pray this in Jesus' name, amen.